0: Hello, everyone, welcome to our bonus episode of which episode is this?
1: 419.
0: Of Conversation Street. I'm Gemma. I'm Michael. And today we're talking about episodes of Coronation Street broadcast between 1970 and 1974. Not all
1: of them. I mean, I I think it's going to be a a lengthy discussion, but I can't cover everything. If you've been um, listening to the other episodes in this series, we have, um, earlier on this year, uh, purchased some of the old DVDs that were released back in the early 2000s, uh, featuring 80 of the best or cherry-picked episodes of Coronation Street per decade. And we've already discussed the episodes from the uh, 1960s at length and finally we have um, reached the end of 1974 which means that we can chat about the first half of the 1970s decade which was definitely uh, prior to watching this a bit of a
0: mystery a
1: bit of a mystery to us a bit of a blank spot in our Cory knowledge particularly I mean, We'd read about it, obviously, and we'd, been, we'd had quiz questions in the podcast about it and we'd looked on and we'd done character profiles about it, but can't say that we'd actually watched very much of it or seen very much clips of it. So I've, I was looking forward to finding out, you know, what it was actually like. Yeah. Um, how, just before we get started, how would you describe, how, how's your journey through the Coronation Street annals going? Are you, are you enjoying it? Are you finding it enlightening?
0: I'm still enjoying it. I'm I'm finding it not as fun as it was before. Um I think partly because some of the, my favourite characters aren't in it so much in the seventies or at all. Like Well, Elsie's gone. Ina's not around very much. Erm is gone. Like this the as as we get further into the seventies they disappear more and more. Mm. And, I mean Ena um, the early seventies all had they had all those characters in, but
1: Ena was in it. It feels like there hasn't been as many episodes based around some of those characters. I mean, Ena did have um 1974. She was only in like, what, 13, 14 episodes, I think I saw today of that episode yeah, because Violet did. Carson had health problems during that year. And obviously Elsie has gone. She's uh, She got married. But I would still say in the time that she was in it, Elsie was a fairly significant oh, character definitely. and we've got her return to look forward to as well um in the second half of the 70s so we don't have to wait too much longer before we see her again
0: feels like it's getting it, it's modernizing every year and um moving further away from how quaint and small the world felt yeah now
1: i 60s. said that in the end of the 60s yeah. didn't i and, yeah. and you weren't feeling it as much as i was then yeah. but definitely it it doesn't feel i think quaint is a really good word to describe it it Mm. it it doesn't feel like the the intimate stage show featuring the lives of this narrow band of Mm. characters as it once was it really has spread out it's opened up yeah it's become more you know realistic we've all got these multiple connections from outside our own street but um
0: it's it's also um stories are taking unfolding over longer periods of time Mm. um
1: there's I think there's fewer kind of one off episodes yeah. than there were, and and maybe it's I mean we're making broad generalizations we've seen eight no we've seen forty episodes in the 1970s so far out of yeah. the you know how many were there have been hundred episodes per year, so like five hundred episodes yeah we, we can only we can only base yeah, it on what it. we've seen um but it's it's not feeling as good um but i'm i'm still very much enjoying it and i and i don't regret one second watching it i think no, that very, to be really able to part. watch it firsthand and see these characters as they were back in back in the 70s see the introductions of some pe- 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 people who went on to be massive names on Coronation Street and even just putting a face to certain names that we've banded about on the podcast so much from our research on coropedia and all the books and everything over the past eight years it's been so so valuable to us as coronation street podcasters that really should have done this before (laughs) but as as it is the 60th anniversary of coronation street this year i do feel it's a it's good excuse it's very fitting that we that we do this this year
0: i think it's also becoming a bit more frustrating to watch as well because it's harder to follow because there are fewer episodes out of the year that we can actually watch because obviously as the years go on more episodes get added so 40 episodes out of you know, a hundred is a much more significant number than 40 episodes out of 500, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, and the more characters get added as well, it's more difficult to follow. And Mm. some, some sort of characters have been introduced and left without really so much as a fanfare or any interest from me about who they are and what the
1: heck's going on. It certainly felt to me that the first half of the seventies has included some yeah some characters that they tried to test out but then they didn't work so they're gone again yeah and I'm thinking the likes of the Flemings yeah. who we did mention in the 1960s didn't they because they had first appeared on the street in 69 but but they were gone by I, d- I don't know whether it was 1970 or 1971 and they totally didn't work for me and I'm I'm now going to look back at those characters as like that was a bit of a waste of time why did they even bother but I mean Maybe it maybe it was just to do with the choice of episodes that they were in. Yeah, I know. But, but I, can barely, the, I can barely remember them now. And it was a month and a half ago that we were watching their episodes, but they really didn't leave much they of an impression. No. The other ones that, that I put in the same category as them are um, Elsie's... Was it her nephew and niece that came in for a little bit in yeah, okay, the beginning of the 70s? And again, we only must have seen two or three episodes in, with them in. Um, the the, ne- the, the ne- nephew had, like, glasses and... Oh, yeah, he was a nerd, wasn't he? Yeah, and... It just left absolutely. No <laughs> one
0: knows that only nerds our glasses. Absolutely no she impression.
1: Um, but I mean, we're feeling it. I don't want to start this on a negative note, but no, it's
0: we have to talk about how things are changing, and I, I think that, um, I think it's fair to say that those things uh, mm. we've also changed the way we've watched it a little bit, haven't we?
1: Yes, um, because. <sighs> with the kind of expansion of the world of Coronation Street and the expanded cast list and everything like this. And the number and the, of episodes we haven't been able yeah, to watch. And the, yeah and the, and the the number of storylines that are going on. What we've found to be incredibly useful is before watching each episode we've gone onto to Coriopedia and read the synopsis of the preceding episode so at least yeah. we know what's going coming up to it. And we only started doing this maybe 1971 ish because we were going through those 1970 episodes and quite a substantial amount at the time of the episode we were going what's going on here sometimes who's that why they're doing this what's the motivation and that's certainly been something that has been very worthwhile and uh, something that we need to carry on and if anyone else is Joining us in watching these old episodes on the DVD, if anyone else has picked them up, I would certainly recommend just spending a bit of time reading what happened in the episode before, because
0: yeah, can it can really give you a lot of context. Yeah, even uh, if some things that they mention are still mysterious.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. We yeah, even doing this, we've been a bit baffled by some things that are going on, uh, and and you'll read. Like the synopses on currypedia and it'll mention these character names, and we'll go, "Who know. who is that?" I don't know no, who they're no. talking about, but that's I mean, this is the thing we we couldn't possibly watch all the episodes. then they're not available for one thing. We're just watching the episodes that ITV DVD have deemed to be significant. The, the significant and the best of the the 1970s, and uh, uh, which may which does similar to the 1960s include pretty much every wedding yeah every time they decide to put on some sort of play yeah. um every time um they go off on a little jolly somewhere
0: yeah definitely um one thing i will criticise about about the um the dvds i wish they they have a synopsis for each episode but often they're full of spoilers and they tell you what happens in the episode which isn't very helpful because once you've seen it, you know that information. Mm. What information would be useful is the context of what and why it was selected. I would love to have a booklet to go with this DVD of whoever selected these episodes, just them writing down this episode I selected because this is the first time you'll notice that so-and-so wrote a script Mm. or this is significant because this was Violet Carson's blah, 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 you know, something that, that indicates to me the historical importance of the episode. So oftentimes it is apparent why it was picked and other times we'll watch the episode and we'll be baffled as to why this was picked. Yeah, or something and else.
1: I've noticed that much more in these 1970 ones than I did in the 60s. There have been more episodes where we've ended it going...
0: Why was that well, Yeah, why did they clear, show that? The, the reason why a lot of these episodes don't work particularly well is because there's no. Pres- we're not watching it... In, in a continuous yeah, in, stream, the, in the context I would exactly. probably enjoy watching all these episodes if I was watching them one after the other and I could see what's going on but when they're just taken it it is a, it, even it sounds like a preposterous concept to take episodes individually that are part of a soap and to analyze them and, and watch them as one-offs because they're not meant to be consumed in that way are they no
1: but interestingly in the 60s they had a few more examples where they would pick two um, yeah. episodes in a row and put those on the disc and I, I don't feel that they've done that as much no. here yeah so we've literally been one-offs
0: maybe that didn't happen as much in the 70s I don't know again we can only go by like being an archaeologist or
1: coronation's tree oh no totally what has been really really useful though and um and, and i can't thank them enough for doing this um the guys over at coripedia sent us a message back after we did the 1960s episodes with some suggestions of um episodes to catch up on youtube that weren't on the dvd yeah
0: they're and so nice and helpful
1: because apparently that this is i think it was david that was talking to us was saying that the 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 seventies D V D in particular is notorious for not necessarily having the best choice of episodes on. Oh, so it's not just showcase. not just us that's being a little bit down on it. And there's certainly an awful lot to like on them which we'll oh, get yeah. which we'll get to. Oh yeah, but, still
0: some yeah.
1: But David said you need to watch these as well and I and I'm so so glad that that we episodes. did. Um, because some of my favourite things to watch were what was on um YouTube. But then maybe some of that was because it was a series of episodes. I mean, yeah. if, I, if I just... We've got lots of other other background context to get to first, but by far, my favourite experience, and it's, like, so far ahead in my enjoyment factor compared <laughs> really? to anything else that was on this DVD, was the Joe Donnelly saga. Oh, yeah, I thought
0: you were going to listen it. That was else.
1: bloody brilliant.
0: Was that all YouTube?
1: That was all... That, that, I think there was one episode that was on the DVD... Which ended in Joe Donnelly. Now, if you remember, he was the guy who was an ex army mate of Steve Tanner's, and he had killed Steve Tanner. And I
0: unbeknownst to everybody. Yeah,
1: and um, yeah, and and uh, like in a year before, the two years before, I can't remember. And in this series of episodes in late nineteen seventy, it was revealed what he'd done. And and um, there was a DVD episode where um he's. Back over in Coronation Street, there was an awful lot of American soldiers visiting Coronation Street during these early, early days, early wasn't days, yeah. there? But anyway, he seduces Irma Ogden, takes him back, so takes her back to uh, the flat and gets very drunk and leery with her before confessing to her that he'd murdered Steve. Can I just
0: interject here? The guy who played Joe Janelli—I don't have his name—he was very compelling and charismatic. He was brilliant, and he also did the voice for.
1: He was one of the Thunderbirds, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs>
0: he was. Really, really. he
1: he, good. Uh, he only died. Like, was it last year or the year before or something? It was. It was very, very recently. He, he but,
0: filled the screen up.
1: Yeah. Now we we then watched the next three or four episodes, which are all available on YouTube. And as a, as a set, they were brilliant. And they they were exactly what I like about Coronation Street: the the, the high drama. It was a little bit sensational. It was dark. There was a villain. It was. Um,
0: yeah, your your favourites were being menaced.
1: Yeah, yeah, ab- yeah. And, and my favourite, exactly, because we love Irma, yeah. and we had to say goodbye to her not long after this either, like a year or so after. But basically, um, they, I think, don't the other residents of the street kind of work out what's going on there? Um, they they decide to have um, they decide to have a, a party in the Rovers, don't they? To
0: distract
1: because Joe. Joe goes over to the Rovers and they and and the, the regulars put on some sort of party to make it look like they haven't cottoned on to what he's doing or something. I can't, I can't even remember. Because he
0: keeps leaving Irma in the hat in the yeah, river, that's, going, right, leaving, that's right, that's right, coming back out. It wasn't like he was just standing over her the whole time. Yeah, um,
1: and then so he then. Um,
0: so he realizes he, he that, that
1: they're on to him. So he then does a bunk outs out of the Rover's toilet window, um, and then goes to Minnie Coldwell's house, another real favourite character yeah. of ours. So it's bad enough having Irma Ogden um, sort of being held hostage, but now he's got this this lovely old lady. Not just Minnie,
0: he also has Bobby.
1: And Bobby the cat, yeah. yeah. Um and then Oh, and then he also uh take Dan goes in
0: to try that to rescue Stan, them.
1: That's Dan's. And scene. I tell you what, that was a real turning point for Stan Ogden. He he was a hero.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was. That was a really interesting way to add depth to that character, who had been a buffoon, buffoonish kind of bumbling idiot. Yeah, uh, like selflessly throwing himself into mortal peril. Yeah, to try because to of the save. way that this
1: guy yeah. had taken his daughter hostage. Yeah, and he he was there. Um, just that it's so it was chilling. That that yeah. Joe Donnelly's there with his gun, pointed at. Yes. Did he have it pointed at Stan? And then yeah, he made them so. sing Silent Night together.
0: Yeah.
1: Because this was all happening around Christmas yeah. time. Before then, Joe turns the gun on himself. And we don't see this, but we hear the bang and everyone's outside at this point. And then it's just silent. And, and Stan walks out of Minnie's house. Really, yeah. ha- Having just seen this guy kill himself in front of him. you
0: think he'd have PTSD, but that wasn't an issue
1: back yeah. in the day. <laughs> it was it, it was, was really powerful brilliant it was, and, and, yeah. it was it it was it made me kind of feel the same things as I did during the height of the Feelin' saga it was so good just a little pocket of of, of, of brilliant
0: drama and
1: and and i think honestly this was uh, the the black and whiteness of it helped because yes, we start. in 1969 we'd seen Curry's first few color episodes and then that carried on throughout a lot of 1970 and then partway through 1970 they had the color strike When the people who were filming it said, This is too expensive, too much work. Oh, not doing that. Can't be bothered. So, so Coronation Street went back into black and white for a little bit, and it so helped the gritty, depressing, um, yeah, it, it was like a film noir ish feel. To this particular storyline, it complemented it so so well.
0: It really did, yeah, because it you know all the film noir kind of kind yeah of effect and and the, and dark the fact shadows. that it was this
1: American, had a load of Americans held the film noir as well. It was i i one of my favourite things about watching these old Coronation Streets with this saga and if 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 Coripedia hadn't told us about them, we'd have seen that first episode on the DVD and then.
0: Gone, it would have oh, passed us by,
1: so honestly i, I implore yeah. anyone who likes the the dark villainy um on I mean, the tents on the edge of your seat stuff to to check this out on YouTube. It is really worth it, and as I say it, it makes it makes you look at Stan in a different way yeah because he he was just the comet relief up until that point, but he really um came into his own in in those final scenes, and interestingly as well, um, this script was the second draft um of one because they, they apparently they did one draft of this script and it was uh it was rubbish and so they had to bring in bring back an old writer and i can't remember who it was who had retired to try and fix this scene <laughs> this 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 episode because they script knew doctor. that this they knew that this was going to be a a big episode yeah and the script it had to, to be it just right. right and it,
0: and it, it
1: was. really really was it was brilliant it, it's absolutely fantastic um and the other one, just as well, while we're on the con- uh, sort of talking about some of the YouTube episodes that we watched, the Gypsy Saga, which I know, came I just before you that, in, that, that in, was also you, well, we, no, that
0: was just interesting because it was a sort of an issues storyline where everybody, but unlike modern Cory, which I feel issues storylines are generally to teach you about something and you experience a character going, going through an issue with them by their side and kind of have the same emotional impact. This was the sort of issue storyline where different people took different approaches and opinions on things. And it was so it was about gypsies. And They'd I, all know rocked that, up on I just the, need to say that there is a contention about the word gypsy and whether that is a slur. And if you're allowed to say gypsy or not.
1: Well, it was interesting. Gypsy like back- is the
0: word that they use to describe themselves. And I can't now's not the time to get into but
1: there was no filter on what some of the characters were saying no, about them as well, some of the things that the characters who were anti-gypsies were saying I was like, y- you couldn't have them saying that on Coronation no, Street now, even though they
0: describe themselves in the show as gypsies and some people who are gypsies use that yeah. word to describe themselves so that's the word I'm using out of respect for them to to use the word that they use for themselves Mm. to let them define themselves. So they yeah. call themselves gypsies. So, um, yeah. So some some people were basically saying, these are all a bunch of scum. I don't want them anywhere near me. They can't come in. Like, I think um, Annie didn't want them in the pub. Mm. Um, Hilda, Hilda had one round for tea and she was aghast to realise... Yeah, she was, where, she, had- she was
1: way against them, wasn't she? But Stan... It was Stan makes friends with one because he's got the same shirt as him, That's didn't he? And right, then yeah. he invited him round for tea and he didn't tell Hilda that this guy's one of the gypsies and Hilda thinks he's great and then she she's aghast and she realises she's been entertaining a gypsy one evening. Yeah. And, and Hilda's a lovable character but she's obviously now looking back at it from a, a 2020 point of view, she was taking the wrong, in inverted commas, um, stance against well, them. Well, I,
0: I think it was probably progressive at the time. Because Lucille was the character who really championed them, them, mm. and she disappeared overnight because she wanted to teach the children how to read and things. And I mean, the the show hu- humanized them to a certain extent, but they were definitely the outsiders, weren't they? And and yeah. kind of the oppressed ones who, who um, I mean Len, who I think no, it was Ray. And maybe it was Len as well. A lot of the men went to the gypsy encampment and basically destroyed it and fought with them because they didn't want them to be around their way. Mm. And um, obviously, this conflict has been yeah. not unchanged really until present day with mm. with people. You know, people. I,
1: I found Ina's um, attitude interesting towards them because she was she didn't really see the problem with them and thought uh, live well, and let live. She was trying almost. to get
0: them a doctor. This was also pretty interesting because the little one there was a little child that was sick and the, they were trying to get medicine for, for it I can't remember if a boy or a girl and Ina was like, this child needs a doctor you don't bugger around buying medicine from the corner shop, you have to get a doctor and the gypsies were saying we can't get a doctor there's no point even trying, and Ina was like nonsense. So she phones up to try and get a doctor out, and then she realises that what they're saying is true, and they can't actually get anybody to go out there because the doctors won't go because mm. they're gypsies. Yeah. And um, I thought that I don't think they dwelt dwelt on that very much, but I thought that was a really powerful and progressive thing to sort of say. You know, here's Ina who thinks she's salt of the earth and down. You know, she knows everything, and she's practical and, and um, and. Down to earth, but uh, but she didn't understand the reality that the that they were living in.
1: Mm, the whole series yeah. of episodes came across as very progressive, and you think current that the issues based story are a, are a modern day thing in Coronation Street. And yes, obviously there's a lot more issues stories these days, but I was I was very surprised how much. It felt like a modern issues based story, just yeah. set in nineteen seventy, and and about something that I didn't really know anything about about no, gypsy yeah. gypsy culture lot, and everything. There's a
0: lot to, to get to delve into. Mm. And we can't, um, but um, although it was it it felt progressive, also it was very much set at the time, so it's not you know very wasn't very PC. But no, I did not at really all. And I think. I wonder why powerful. that's why they didn't
1: put it on the DVDs.
0: Yeah, but I think it's really it was really powerful actually to watch characters talking flippantly and casually about these other this this group of people and sort of tarnishing them all with the same brush and saying all they're thieves and criminals and you know the gypsies trying to just get on with their lives and, and stuff but also perhaps Every so often, doing the things that they had been accused of, it was yeah. a much more complex take on a situation than Corey would ever do now, because they they wouldn't dare to have characters be racist in that same way that no. like we just spoke about with the Bailey storyline and having none Don of the, none of the main
1: characters that you're supposed to like.
0: Yeah, because because obviously back in the day, people would have thought that that's the way you should act around. Mm. around people but but yeah I just thought it was really powerful and and like a kind of time capsule of of a a way that they approach the story that is very much set in that moment and could not be repeated now
1: Mm. speaking of time capsules I'm kind of interested to feel like to to hear about what you thought about what do we learn about life in the 70s what did you think about the 70s style the 70s fashion oh I thought it was great like
0: it um you could tell that people were becoming more socially socially mobile and um, more l- luxury goods were being purchased. Houses were starting to look a bit more like modern houses, mm. although everyone still has a sideboard, which I don't think many people have these days.
1: A lot of um, the sets are definitely looking reminiscent of what the houses look like nowadays as well yeah. don't they you can say oh yeah that's where kevin lives now oh yeah that's where that's where the baileys are now yeah. speaking of buying purchases they had that funny story with uh hilda and stan and the color tv didn't they? Yeah. Which they then had to get rid of uh, it
0: oh yeah and she was going you take and, it out and, the back yeah so nobody oh that knows. was really sweet because she because the guy came to repossess the, the the tv and and hilda and stan were quite philosophical about the fact that it had to be taken away but yeah like, hilda was just like just spare me the the um, mm. the embarrassment of taking it out the front, and, and to... the man who was taking it away was like fair enough, love, and he sort of cheerfully took it away, mm. and it was just like they all acknowledged that this was just how their lives were because mm. they couldn't afford this thing that they'd purchased.
1: Yeah, I have to say that the Ogdens were still far and away some of the the, the best characters, and the episodes that were that revolved around antics, for lack of a better word, that the Ogdens got up to were among my favourites. And whenever an episode came up that is like, ah, oh, this is a Stan and Hilda episode, you know you're in for a good time. My personal favourite being Hilda's posh party that she has. I can't remember what year that was in, but um, why was she even... She, she'd got a book, hadn't she, about, um, about how to put on a fancy dinner party. And she was kind of following it to the letter because the Ogdens are all about trying to, you know... Aspire. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was all as- aspiring to be... Better than than the the class that they'd been born into, and um, Hilda trying to get her eggs in Aspic. Yeah, this was
0: uh, in nineteen seventy three,
1: and and she was she could she couldn't find out what Aspic was, could she? And she goes to the Rovers to ask Bet, and Bet's like, oh, I think it's jelly. just ye- yellow jelly, isn't it? And and Aspic is what
0: Aspic is. It, is yeah it's, it's like the jelly you get in your pork pies i think it's, it's either it's savory or it's um supposed to be flavorless
1: yeah and hilda doesn't want to she doesn't want to give away that she doesn't really know what it is so when when bet says it's yellow jelly she's like oh yeah yeah of course it is so she then goes and buys packets of lemon jelly which she dunks her <laughs> eggs in it, it was hilarious and she and that's the episode where she puts on her fancy wig as well yeah. doesn't she and she does her eyes out. she just desperately wants to
0: I just loved it. She uh, come across she thought, as being she uh, better she could than
1: she was. Put
0: on all these airs and graces in this sort of frozen moment in time, where people might cross the threshold of the house and forget who who um, Hilda was, yeah. and be fooled into thinking that she'd somehow become to yeah. this sophisticated party animal. Mm. Um, but she just had the time of her life. Again, it's just the innocence of of her not. Really, fully understanding what what was happening and mm. what people thought and how they saw her, yeah. but she was just happy to 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 believe she's so her innocent. Yeah, for that period I, of time. I
1: love the bit where she's one of the things in the book said that she had to when your guests arrive, you have to ask them if they want to go upstairs or something. I can't even remember what the reason why. behind that was. And she's just following this to the letter. And then some people come, like Minnie Coldwell comes to the door and Stan's first thing to say is, do, do you want to go upstairs? And it's like he's propositioning to her. And, and, and I can't remember again what Hilda's... Hilda had a rote thing to say to everybody who came into the lounge. Oh, yeah. She was just repeating it again and again and again. It was so, so sweet. Um, the other Hilda and Stan episode that, that stands out to me is the, um, the Serving Hatch episode. Oh, yeah. And I was like, one of the things I would say about the episodes on this disc... Well, the episodes on the 60s this compared to to this one is on the 60s one a lot of episodes that we were coming up to and i was going ah this is the episode where such and such happens oh ah, i've heard about this this episode whereas in the 70s that didn't happen quite so much i didn't like no. to start the episode and it's like ah it's this one but the serving hatch episode was one where i was like ah yes i've heard of this one i'm looking forward to this and, and it was hilarious wasn't it have and and really interestingly um some of the direction around it because basically the story is hilda's gone off somewhere i can't remember where and while she's away stan is installing this serving hatch between the lounge and the the front room of um number 13 but he's got the measurements wrong and he ends up putting this massive massive serving hatch in which is still there now i think um and throughout the first half of the episode all we see is or we hear hammering coming yeah. from number 13, and, and then you've got the characters it? in the shops that are like listening in. But
0: um, Jerry and Len, I think, is it? Yeah, are mad because they're the builders and he wouldn't yeah. take their advice and, and he wanted Didn't to he show s- that he could do it. Didn't he steal a bit of
1: wood from their yard yeah, or I think something so. like that? Um, and, and, and and Stan is so proud of himself for constructing this well, I think clearly. He- um, poorly proportioned. But I think he was so hatch.
0: worried that he did it wrong, but then when when um Hilda saw saw it she was like, "Oh, Stan, oh, it's wonderful." And um, because
1: she thinks that this is a bit of class bigger, bigger
0: the better really exactly and, and, and they really can't account for why they would need a serving hatch between the dining room and no
1: that's just left there isn't like it because the you kitchen really don't the, need, side. Like, the
0: serving hatch is there to facilitate moving food from the kitchen to the dining room and when they get this pointed out to them Stan's like yeah well you can't put it on the kitchen wall because mm. there's no room <laughs>
1: and I can't remember who it is whether it's like Len and Ray or something that go around there and they're like they don't know what to say, and then yeah. Hilda comes in because then they yeah. want to see Hilda's reaction, maybe. Yeah, and, then and they... she just loves it. Yeah, and then they and then one of them says, "Oh, it's a, it's not a serving hatch; it's a picture frame for our Hilda." It's... It was. Um, it's so really wonderful lovely. that
0: how this is the thing. Like Hilda always wants to live in this idealized version of her life, where she's more affluent and and everything, but actually, she's she's pretty happy with the bits that she does get when she gets a small taste of it she's pretty satisfied Mm, and mm. that's what i really love about her she's very content um even though she has her ambitions
1: yeah uh, another hilda moment that stood out to me actually i can i can think of two one of them was um when they were just before the opening of the capricorn club i think it was and and rita was doing some of a uh, lounge singing. I'm sure yeah. we'll have a lot to say about Rita later, and and Hilda said, "No, no, no, you want to be singing this this song. This is what other people. This is what people like." And she goes up to the microphone and starts singing. Her, they're warbling away this jaunty little number, which is nothing at all like the, the you know the the smooth lounge stuff that Rita was singing, and that that was great. I love any excuse for Hilda to sing. And the other one was when oh, I don't remember when this one was when she has a real. Oh, it was when Stan was accused of being a peeping Tom.
0: Oh, this really hurt my heart. Go on then,
1: you do want
0: to... I've got to find where it is.
1: I can't remember where it was, but everyone on the street. Basically, Um,
0: there was a mystery where some women had been um, peeped on and they didn't know who was doing it, but they... Oh, it was in 1972. And they accused Stan of doing it because it was sort of like a bit of a... um, uh, What's it called when you confuse somebody with somebody else? Anyway, um everybody, literally everybody turns against the, against the Ogdons. Which is also is, a bit
1: of a you know a modern Coronation Street trope where everybody yeah. suddenly turns against somebody when they're accused of something even though they've got no reason not to believe them.
0: And and um they kind of like make this posse and they go to the police Yeah it's like a lynch, lynch mob against Stan and Yeah and um, I think Ernest is like one of the major contributors to this and sort of saying well you know he's he he can't get away with this we've got to justice and all this stuff and and I remember I think I remember Stan sitting at the, the kitchen table like smoking and going right well kind of being philosophical about it, like, well, I guess I'll go down the station then because I can't prove I didn't do it, but I know it I did it. was heartbreaking. It was, it was so but sad. But then, then
1: at, the, at the climax of the episode, Hilda marches into the rovers and gives this almighty roasting to the walkers and say, and, and, and everybody there who's turning against her, Stan, and she she's livid and she...
0: Yeah, she and basically then she ends, takes him to task.
1: Basically, then ends up spitting on the floor yeah, and then, like says, "Stuffed a lot of you or something." Yeah, and that brilliant. was a that performance by Jean Alexander in that episode. Brilliant because the, yes, because the Ogdens yes. are so often seen as being the, the comedy. The butt of the joke. Yeah, to, to have her she, yeah leave with the upper hand for once.
0: Exactly, and I tell you what, one thing. Jean Alexander played Hilda With was this quiet dignity inside where she was completely true to herself and she knew who she was all the time even though she had these aspirations um she and she played obviously as a comedic role you can I I really felt like I felt as though there was a love for the character and an integrity mm. that that um made it not a cheap Oh yeah Hilda was never a cheap laugh mm. you know mm. because there was that dignity and yeah respect from from gene alexander to, to the character
1: mm. um speak i it, oh, go on I, I
0: just want to say about how uh, another thing that we added into our viewing um experience was to watch adverts
1: oh yeah yeah we did not mention that i've written that earlier in the notes we forgot to mention that when, um I, I on the on the ones when we watched the youtube episodes that that Coripedia suggested go on
0: I have a fondness and love for vintage adverts and magazines and ephemera of the time. So we decided to, every so often, just bob on um, some adverts from the it, era. And you can find them really easily just by searching Yeah, on
1: Yeah, 1972 UK, UK adverts.
0: And um, just watch how much fun. And it really gives it a bit of a context. And... Um,
1: yeah, it was really, really fun That's to do why that. That like like when like And we that. we did it when the advert break came on, yeah. didn't we? It was because we when we were watching so the sad, YouTube we? episodes, we got to the advert about right. Pause this. Let's watch the yeah. adverts from the time. And it was so funny. It
0: really. I tell you, it, you learn so much. Honestly. Mm.
1: That's why I like things like that. Yeah, and, and I particularly enjoyed it when the R Whites Lemonade advert oh, came up our because that is, a, that is a classic UK our advert. R.
0: Whites. <laughs> <Our> Whites
1: Lemonade. <laughs> he, he looks There's like, so many good
0: jingles.
1: Yeah, he, he reminded me of Ernest Bishop, the uh, little bit the secret lemonade drinker. Yeah. And I, 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 I enjoyed Ernest Bishop. He, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm leaving, you know, the sixties and seventies with him being my favourite character or anything, but I. I didn't really have any idea what he was like before I started this rewatch because literally all I'd seen of him was getting shot yeah, sorry spoiler <laughs> alert for the second half of the 70s oh. but he was yeah, he's a, a decent, decent chap yeah, wasn't he and, 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 and not mind. a not a total nerd which is what he looks like yeah. because he wears glasses and I know that's terrible to say but it? no and but he's but a that, photographer
0: yeah but costuming and is a way of signalling what shorthand for
1: what the personality of the character is mm. isn't it yeah and i found him a really great match for for emily um emily again shone in these episodes oh there was some really I, funny bits i do kind of miss her being the quiet mousy wouldn't say boo to a goose no was that the, was that the word yeah is that what you say say boo to um yeah, not a ghost, single a goose. um Person under the thumb of Leonard Swindley because because Leonard's obviously gone by this point. Yeah. She she's she's grown a pair a little bit more in this, hasn't she? But um, again, a few scenes showing what a fantastic comedic actress Eileen Derbyshire was, and if you only saw her as you know old Emily, Auntie Emily, y- you'd have no idea what what rich comedic. Um, material she provided in some coronation streets. i know
0: scene. it's like once a year they'll they'll they will make a comedy comedy scene for mm. um her to perform in and yeah, i we, can't find where it was but um, it was there.
1: one of them was the community center um summer yeah, fate in that? 1971 oh. um and, th- and that was quite i, I like that because that was a standalone yeah. episode that wasn't a play or a holiday off somewhere or um you know, drama, tragedy. I'll tell you
0: what it was. It was because it was a community event and it was l- logically included every one of the characters because it was a community event. Yeah. And they can still do this now because the community summer fates exist. Yeah. I know they're very quaint and uh, villagey, but you know, city people can also have community <laughs> fates if they want to. So that,
1: that had some more funny Stan and Hilda stuff actually, didn't it? Because hadn't, hadn't Stan stolen some flowers yeah, so from the Red Wreck and then was entering them in the competition?
0: The fate the way that the fate it was like a produce uh, competition sort of thing so people were growing vegetables and and flowers and making wine marmalades and jams and cakes and things so English. to to ha- compete in i would love to i would love to take part in something like that. <laughs> i would enjoy it so much so um so stan wanted to enter the flower competition i think albert enters the vegetable competition mm. um maggie
1: Um, there's a cake competition, isn't there? And Len wins it and he's really annoyed because his cake that he didn't actually bake and it's this really frilly looks like a lady's cake yeah that, Maggie
0: bakes it yeah and puts it in under his no, name. no ray
1: puts it in oh yeah under len's a name for a joke and and because len's such a so macho. so so manly it's man of the world he's like, i'm not going to collect a prize for that cake for a cake yeah that that was really funny but yeah emily
0: the best bit was emily go on she was having to judge the wine and they were trying to tell her that she should spit the wine out and she was she was saying, No, you can't, how can you taste it if you do But she she was so um sweet and she couldn't pick one because she was saying oh they all have their merits i i couldn't possibly pick between it would be so sad to pick a winner from all such fantastic entries but just the she, more just, she I mean, just got drunker and drunker and drunker yeah. and again
1: drunk emily bishop is something that i never thought i'd see but now i want to see more of
0: and, and what an emily thing to do get drunk at a community summer fete trying, yeah. to, trying to judge the wine entries what
1: was the other i'm sure there was another funny emily moment in this in this lot, I'm just kind of scanning down my well, notes. She, but...
0: There was the bit where she f- was photographer oh, yeah.
1: the photographer. Oh yeah, so that was in
0: 1973, and um she has to. So Ernest and her and she have a, a photography company, and um she decides to go outside of her comfort zone to photograph some strippers for a club.
1: Isn't so it? I can't remember what the re- is it. Is it he had decided that his company wasn't going to associate with the strip club or something, and she okay. doesn't
0: she does it without him knowing she does
1: for some reason she she goes and pho- and photographs these strippers
0: and um she just kind of t- sort of chats about chats with them as she's taking these photos and it's just emily in a completely different world trying to be comfortable around these women who could not be more opposite to to the way that she lives her life.
1: Yeah, that doesn't one of them torture and say, "Have you ever, have you ever considered taking this up yourself, Emily?" Yeah, and um, and that was that was Vicky, Vicky the stripper, and Vicky is short for Doris. <laughs> which was the, the, the joke in that episode, um, and and this woman whose husband doesn't know that she even does this as a job. It was just really funny having Emily in a strip club, basically. Yeah,
0: and, and funny the manager, having a
1: strip club in Coronation I know. Street back and the, in the day and the
0: manager was there sort of like going, oh look get the next one out
1: yeah although they were a bit um, yeah they they, they they were a bit more liberal about some of the things they would allow because they had one um, episode which start, which had Mavis reading a rude magazine didn't she they she was
0: just in the front of the, the shot just had a nude magazine a nude magazine it literally had a naked out.
1: lady with her boobs out on the and front cover and Mavis going, was reading it oh, and oh just goodness. out of curiosity wasn't she and yeah. then she hides it away when Rita comes in um Brilliant having Mavis in the show it, and, and the the double act, the partnership of Mavis and Rita yeah, being established the, the so so early on oh, it, it felt like I was t- almost taken by surprise when when the cabin ap- appeared and we 'd spoken like again when we when we 'd researched it and we 'd done our profiles or whatever, and we'd said, "Oh, the cabin first opens in whenever it was seventy when was it seventy three Um, But I I felt surprised how early on in the show's history it was. It felt like we'd barely begun the the saga of Coronation Street before Len opens the cabin. And then we have Rita and Mavis, these characters who hadn't been in the show before the 70s, now being quite important characters. While Rita had, Rita had made one appearance in the 60s, hadn't she, in an episode that we hadn't seen. And the interesting thing about her character was that barbara knox or she was barbara Mullaney, she was credited Mm. at this point she was brought in to play a character called mrs bates who was she was a married woman wasn't she and she was and then she was no she wasn't married she
0: who are you talking about rita yeah she was
1: she was involved with another guy and they had a kid together and and, what uh, yeah and and then and then len was having having a secret affair with her or something. But then that. but the, then when they, they they originally didn't intend her to be the same Rita that Dennis had spent the night with in the 60s. But oh. then they decided, well let's let's say no, it, it well. is her, let's call her Rita, and then they and then it turns out that this kid isn't actually hers and, and it's a common law that. marriage. Um and then it kind of goes from there. And and Rita was really unpopular when she with, with the other characters when she first came into it, wasn't she? Particularly Elsie and, and I didn't realise how much of a Elsie alike Rita was supposed to be because there, there...
0: it was very apparent when there's a scene um, in with them in the club and um, everybody's talking and chatting um, and uh, she's mentioning the fact that she knows Dennis and Dennis is Elsie's son and Elsie is just like who is this hussy <laughs> mm. and um, because because what happens at the beginning when Rita gets reintroduced in 1972. I think, who is it that was dating her? Well,
1: that's Len. what I was saying. I think so it was Len. Len. Bring,
0: yeah, Len, Len brings her in because she's got kicked out. And she's he's basically like, it, the, the, basically he was all, it was always like um, Mary and Joseph like wandering around trying to find room at the inn. And nobody would let them in apart from Maggie. Um, and she only lets her in begrudgingly. But she makes a massive point of saying, I don't approve of anything that you're doing. You're a
1: mm.
0: wanton Yeah.
1: But she she was Stumped. like a, an, another Elsie because there's been this simmering sexual tension between Len and Elsie all the way basically since the start of the programme that never in the sixties, it never really went anywhere. And then hadn't had had Len and Elsie had a fallout or something? I, I can't remember. But Rita was very much an Elsie replacement yeah, in, in her per- she was bold, she was brassy, she was she was red She was
0: almost well, Elsie, Elsie didn't was like it in that she actually made a success out of being that kind of woman, whereas Elsie had just been crapped on for being a good time girl and going out with all the soldiers and you know she she ended up um working in a shop, and then you've got Rita who's like super glamorous and sings in a in a lounge yeah. and
1: I love Rita singing yeah. she was a really good singer back in the day, wasn't she? I know they some they'll sometimes now get the wheeler out at Christmas and get her to 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 lead the rovers in a bit of a sting along but she she had a really good set of she pipes in her com- back in the 1970s. And she also had a com-
0: commanding stage. Presence. She did.
1: She was really confident. She really she was owned brilliant. like
0: the stage. And so when she was in the Capricorn Club and singing, you know, Hey Big Spender and all this stuff, she really uh, looked like she had. That was like a baby. funny
1: scene, wasn't it? Because that wasn't that the end of an episode where she kind of walks around the room in the Capricorn Club singing Hey Big Spender, and then she kind of drapes herself over one of the guys in the audience yeah, who's there right. with his wife, and then she ends up getting into she goes a, get a fight. Get off
0: brass bass face bitch, and then. She <laughs> she just fights her
1: it's great we, we had a few bitches didn't we yeah, yeah there was a scene where
0: there were like three in a row
1: yeah that was the scene with elsie and uh janet wasn't it because oh, that's right that was around the time that janet reed had had an affair with alan howard who'd married elsie at that point um and yeah the big that that episode was another youtube one that we watched back in i'm gonna say 70 71 um, and and the beginning of the episode is is a as a showdown between Elsie and Janet, and and they get three pictures in, in in like the space of a minute. It's like, shocking! Um, I
0: like this because this was um, Elsie getting her own back on the street, and um, and really showing that she was the top bitch and nobody could get one over on her because she she confronts Janet about having an affair and um, Janet's like going, it's all very well for you. You know, I I don't have anyone to go back home to. I'm past it. I don't have any... Basically not taking any responsibility for the fact that she was cheating and making out that Elsie should like share a man around. But basically um, Elsie tells her everyone in the Rovers knows that they're having this confrontation and she doesn't want them to get the satisfaction of seeing them have this fight. So the pair of them go into the Rovers and everyone's like holding their breath, expecting Mm. these two to start pulling their hair out. And then Elsie just like buys her a drink and says, this is your leaving drink. Now get your bags and get the hell out of her. And I just thought it was so, she was so dignified and so powerful that she basically managed to, to, to... so thoroughly dominate her rival that she could take her cowed into the pub and buy her a drink to say, "You're going. This is your final drink. Now get that, that get out." Was a
1: bit, I I love that was Elsie what Taylor. makes
0: Elsie such a fantastic character.
1: Yeah, I've I can see now why everybody thought that she was you know the, the leading the lady piece of piece. Coronation Street back in the early days. But although saying that, I would say the character has taken a bit of a turn for the worse in her marriage to alan howard which really hasn't worked for me and i don't think it was supposed to they were supposed to have had a bit of a tumultuous relationship i mean the fact that he had an affair with with janet was one thing and he comes home drunk one day doesn't he and um did did you know that i can't remember whether i told you at the time when we were watching it no i was going to say that he was originally supposed to be having an affair with irma ogden oh no and that was when that was the time when sandra goff did her disappearing act so they had to quickly rewrite it and bring Janet Reid back. But yeah, the oh, Elsie yeah. the, the and Alan marriage, the whole, it, it really didn't work for me. And it just made me wish that Elsie and Steve had had more time together because no, I, I, I really felt a connection between those yeah, two. Yeah, I
0: did as well. But I think that Elsie and, and Alan um, felt like they were they were so wrong for each other that they were right, you know? Like they were both so flawed and had so many problems. But I think... Alan I just, let them get the better of him more than Elsie did. I
1: just felt it really brought the character down, having her tied to this pretty dull character. He
0: was a bit boring, um, but he had a nice voice. So they got married in <laughs> nineteen seventy and it was a bit of a weird episode. Yeah,
1: as much as I hate as much as I hate them getting together, I will always have the memories of their wedding episode which had the most bizarre musical sequence, didn't it? It
0: was I'll tell you what, if there was a way to sum up <laughs> 70s in one scene it would be El- El- Alan Howard and Elsie Tanner wandering around a park with her wearing a a um. she was wearing a cowboy hat with flamenco music in the background
1: it was a very, it seemed like a very long scene
0: of just nothing, just, just them, them walking
1: just, around the gardens just, just walking around to the flamenco music
0: at, at, like Whoever was in charge was just took too many drugs and couldn't think of anything else. And that was it. And and knew that everyone else was going to be on drugs or drunk. So it wouldn't make any yeah, difference. It was the 70s, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that was the most 70s thing I've ever seen. And I really couldn't have. I think the 70s is one of these decades that doesn't have too much of a personality beyond like all disco or whatever. And like Paisley but but that to me I don't was know what like they were thinking the with that even though it was it was very early in the 70s yeah. so it was 19, We have
1: mentioned other scenes in the past in the 60s where Coronation Street just decided let's let's have a scene set to music
0: let's just bugger off and forget doing this bit and just let's we don't need to write a, a script
1: for this no um, because they had to they they go to another stately home at one point don't they um and then there's and there's every, there's a load of harpsichord music going on in the background for for no particular reason
0: I, I have found a certain fondness for the sheer uh, eccentricity of these musical interludes that they have. Yeah,
1: I don't, as much as I hate them these in days, Correa, I find as watching them a little ridiculous. Um, a little snippet of history, it's just, it's, it's utterly quaint.
0: Yeah. And, the, and the,
1: then, I was going to say, the other funny musical thing was at the end of one of the wedding episodes. Was this it Emily was only and in em, and
0: Emily's when Ray and Vicky are in the park. And there's a load of creepy choir boy music when he's trying to sort of get her to go out with him, and then they have oh, this. Oh, I'd
1: forgotten about that. I remember about the um the uh, the credits music at the end was it's being like different.
0: Yeah, that was from a that was from an album, wasn't it? Of like TV themes, yeah, done jazzed in, up in flute.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that has a different. Oh, yeah. The, the only time that's ever been used that version we found well, you found on YouTube, didn't you? The, yeah, the full version. It
0: was, of... It's so trippy.
1: It really, really is. But yeah the the strange cryboy music as as Ray is is yeah going on the roundabouts with this with this Vicky girl I don't even remember who she is now but yeah the, the incidental music very very odd
0: so um should we go through year by year and just no like, I think, wipe I think, up think no I, I think
1: there's still lots of other bits to talk about okay. I, I'm I'm enjoying kind of going back and forth now we talked earlier about Janet and that was another Janet 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 Reed. That was another character that really didn't particularly work as much as I enjoyed Elsie. The one with the mullet. No, that's Normal Ford, oh, who also
0: right. Get a complete dud
1: of a character. Janet was the one who we were just talking about that Elsie took for the drink and then said, "You're going," but then she came back, didn't she? <laughs> Surprise, married to Ken. Yes. And we we weren't surprised because we knew it was going to happen, but at the time. Ken Barlow goes off to Scotland because Al, Uncle Albert right. guilts him in, because he hasn't seen Peter and Susan for so long so he goes up there and then he comes back down again and he's married to this woman that he's barely had any scenes with or at least that we'd seen um, and it just it was wrong if, if, uh, if, for a multitude of reasons there was, there was no chemistry between them they've already split up by where we are at the moment haven't they She was just.
0: So she becomes Janet Barlow.
1: Yeah, Um, I I don't know whether it was supposed to be, you know, a a bad pairing. But but they did have a lot of other characters going. Why are they married? You don't. Wait, where did that come from?
0: They they just did not. They did not. Um, didn't really work. She tried to sort of. um she tried to in, insert herself into into the into Ken's life and it felt felt like Ken didn't even really want her there let alone everyone else like Albert Hatlock had a hard time accepting her and she like wanted to um she he wanted to bring the twins back from Scotland so they could all live together and she's like nah
1: yeah yeah but this this was i I can't remember what year this this happened in but um of course but the last time we spoke about Ken on the 1965 or it's the second half of the 60s he was married to Val and I was talking then about having really grown to love Val Barlow whereas in the early 60s she felt like a bit of a nothing character but by you know January 1971 she was out of the program
0: I oh, know poor poor Val she
1: that was another black and white episode, wasn't it? That was in the middle yeah, of the colour strike. Right. So,
0: yeah, that I, was quite I, dramatic. I really like that I don't that think
1: it was, I didn't enjoy that. Oh. I thought it was disappointing. And I, I knew oh. that when we started watching it, this is the episode where Val dies, and I'll have a good death on Coronation Street. But in the end, it was more of a, a disappointing fizz, I would describe it. Gosh. She's Because Ken and her have decided to emigrate no, to Jamaica, haven't they? I thought
0: this was... Tra- I thought the fact that it was kind of a big old nothing death added to the tragedy of the fact that they were supposed to be moving to this new sort of um, chapter in their lives. They were supposed to go off to Jamaica and um, they were having a a going away party. And Val was like, oh, I've got to go and get ready. I haven't even had a shower. And so everybody's starting the party and she's there and she's trying to get ready and she's got wet hair. So she tries to dry her hair and the hairdresser doesn't work. So... She tries to fix it with a screwdriver and it doesn't that doesn't really work. So I thought she, it was a
1: potato peeler. She <laughs>
0: poked it and um, she gets electrocuted and then she knocks the heater into a packing crate and the whole thing catches on fire.
1: That sounds a lot more dramatic than it actually felt to me to watch. It just it, it didn't it didn't work. And when I think of, you know, Martha Longhurst's death, for example, okay. which was super poignant, it doesn't stand up at all next to that. Even like Harry Hewitt, I felt was a bit more dramatic than Val. And oh, I was God. And, and this is one of the the early Corrie deaths that gets talked about. And I, I was just left disappointed by that.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it, it it's a shame. Who else would we have to say goodbye to um in the early seventies? Oh, oh yeah, and he didn't even get an on screen death, did he? Because well, he didn't. Yeah. because he the didn't. actor yeah. died off screen. Um,
0: yeah that was really sad because I really grew quite fond of, of Jack mm-hmm. he was, was kind of like a big old grandad character and he helped rain um, Annie in a bit um, but like you say um, he, I think he died he, he's left a like, real we've got, gap we've got a um, a commemorative thousandth episode magazine somewhere and it that was really tragic because between the time that that they they made this magazine and the thousandth episode came out, he died, and he was in the thousandth episode, and they were sort of talking about how sad it was
1: mm. that
0: he he died so suddenly.
1: Yeah, but they 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 don't mention they don't mention it a whole lot. I mean, they devil see couldn't have his death on screen, but I think.
0: We didn't get to see we, the episode. We didn't get
1: to see the episode after he stuff, died.
0: Uh, Annie being sad and sort of um, retreating. She, she retires to, her. to the bedroom, doesn't she, yeah. for,
1: for a little yeah. while. But now we're starting to see the period where she is, you know, the sole proprietor yeah. of the Rovers' return and, and it's her her domain and hers alone. Although I suppose there's also Billy Walker who's on the scene. Billy Walker, I'm, I can't I can't like him. I've... What 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 do you, are you finding him interesting at all? He's just rubbed me up the wrong way. Him him and Ray Langton,
0: him and Ray. I, I don't I, like him, them. Him Ray, Ray Len and Billy. I feel are a bit of a cookie cutter group of of Lads. characters. Even though they are all different, See, um, I would, I, they I get them confused sometimes because they are just.
1: I, I find that Billy Walker, and again, I'm just judging it on the episodes that I've seen, is fairly devoid of personality. No, he's, but
0: he's a bit... Mm.
1: He's a bit of a... Oh, I mean, Ray, Ray Langton's he's a bit of a great prank. Hair. Oh, the hair. Tell you what, the hair in the 90s, everybody's got a mullet, haven't they? Oh,
0: yeah, even the women.
1: Um, Yeah, Ray, Ray's a bit of a joker, but he's just... A, he's got a bit of a undercurrent of not being a very nice kind of guy. Um and, and Billy Walker as well. He's like, I don't don't trust him. But, no, but Len he gets I,
0: up to stuff. Like he's the one that sold the dodgy car to somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was actually. And maybe you're not supposed to like him, but I I don't enjoy not liking him. You know, he's not a love to hate character. He's uh-huh. just like, I I'm not interested when he comes on screen. But Len, I and I think I was saying this when we were talking about the second half of the sixties when I went into watching these early Coronation Street episodes, my mindset was, I don't like Len. I know what he, what he, he cheats on Rita in the end. Um, I don't usually like the 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 manly man builder sort of archetypal Coronation Street characters. I'm not going to enjoy this Len Fairclough, but I, I can't help it. He's just he's won. He's totally won the round in the second half of the '60s and early '70s. I really, really like Len. He's one of my favorite solid, reliable men characters. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think they're He's all pretty... He's a decent bloke. I think they're all pretty similar, but I don't dislike any of them. I quite like Len. I I, I think he does his best, you know?
1: Yeah, I just find the, the relationship between him and Elsie utterly enthralling.
0: I know, I know. He, I, I, I really think that they were the f- Ross and Rachel of Coronation hmm.
1: Street. Tell you who else, um, and okay, I probably talked about this last time, but Jerry Booth... I, i've he's I really Jerry grown Leaf. on me and in fact i think i'm I'm, I'm in the 60s because he had kind of two stints on the show didn't he and he yeah he gave that maudlin speech in dennis tanner's yeah, wedding in the end of the 60s and then buggered off for like three years and he's come back now in the 70s and i've really grown to appreciate him a lot more and he's he is very ashley peacock ish isn't he he's he he can stand up for himself when he needs to. He has to, you know, have a have a bit of a drink with Orhan, maybe, and he's um, he's not one of the lads, but he's still he's still a builder, um, and he still goes to the pub and everything, but um, he's just, he's the sort of guy that you want to that I'd certainly want to be friends with.
0: He just seems like a um a reliable kind of a a guy who life hasn't treated too well but he still tries to do the good decent thing and you know, he, he's he, he's not he definitely tries you can see it in the way he treats women. Like he expects Yeah,
1: he it, treats them with respect.
0: Yeah, and he, he he him and Mavis
1: Oh my gosh, what, were, what a are pairing. So
0: sweet. I like the, the 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 scene where they both go off to the
1: Italian, Italian restaurant, restaurant together,
0: and he and they're both like, "What's cannelloni?" And I, like, I don't That's know. That's so funny. That was so a sign of sweet. the times, wasn't it? They don't and, know what and that he is. He was so nervous and wanted to impress her, and yeah, he like, how disappointed and disgusted he was with his wife who kind of cheated on him and everything. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think like like the other lads, like Billy, uh, Len, and Ray. If a woman cheated on,
1: they're yeah, all womanizers. They would probably be annoyed Jerry-ism. that they didn't get
0: there first. you yeah. know to be the one that cheated first, whereas. Derry was, he was like a Tyrone or a Chesney, except he was never in it enough to really be boring. Whereas those other two characters, you could probably not have many arguments with people about calling them boring.
1: Rhine's not boring. I
0: like
1: well, him. I'm going to argue with you about <laughs> yeah. that. Ger- Jerry and Mavis. That was that was another relationship that I'd read about, and I think it was. It might have even been when I was doing the Jerry Booth character profile back on the show, and I was like, oh, they had him paired off with Mavis first. That's weird. I didn't realise that. I wonder what that was like. But I'm, I'm I'm loving it, and and it's so tragic what happened to um, is it Graham Haberfield, the actor who yeah. played Jerry Booth, and how he ends up dying off screen in the late seventies tragically at a young age in his 30s he has a stroke i think um and the character's written out and and the the direction that mavis and jerry were taking was so sweet because it was these two you know middle-aged or younger than middle-aged characters that are both very shy retiring and um and nervous around each other and to see this them kind of um to get get together and um, develop this relationship, it's just you want to. I want to wrap them in cotton wool and say, "I want to just get married and stay together forever." And and They're and a I bit and like
0: Amarin Sebisch,
1: k- kind of, Where, kind like, of.
0: Well, right.
1: I would. I, I'm only
0: trying to think of something.
1: I, he, he's quite craigish as well, isn't he? So maybe <laughs> it's. But because they were, yeah, no, neither of them had any sort of confidence or or self belief or anything, but. They had that in common. Yeah.
0: It was just it was wonderful. Like, it could have been them against the world, but they never got
1: they never the got chance. the chance. And it, it I have been wondering watching this, how different would Mavis's character trajectory had been had they, the, had had they they, yeah. they stayed together and how, I, I do wonder how long could would they have kept Jerry Booth in the show? Would he have carried on, you know, through to the eighties, the nineties? I know 90s? it's difficult to say, isn't
0: it? You mm. don't know, but um, because he I mean, wanted to be in the, sh- you know, you yeah,
1: know. Mavis and Derek, classic Coronation Street couple that quite possibly would never have happened,
0: yeah,
1: because if if ever two characters were made for each other, Mavis and Mavis and Jerry were it. I, I've loved seeing young Mavis. She she's still just so dithery and uh oh, yeah. and and pathetic, isn't she? And, and and uh Rita making fun of her and everything. I liked Aww. I I was I I liked the fact that one of the episodes that we saw was on the DVD was Mavis meeting Rita for the first time and she had a job interview that she was hiccuping all the way through. Oh, that's
0: right, yeah. And it was it was, it was was quite funny because Rita kind of takes her under her wing a little bit but teases her like a big sister almost. Mm. Um, and the whole situation with the, the corner shop is just a bit odd.
1: Yeah, well, it's not even on a corner, is it? What did you no. think of the old cabin? Because the, if you think about the cabin now, you think about it being, you know, in a prominent position opposite the... Uh, um, Number thirteen in Coronation Street, but back in the day it was down in rosamond Street when that was a major Weatherfield road. But and, and the it, the layout's all different. And I, did you? And I, I'd seen some of clips and episodes with it set there on classic Coronation Street. But did you know about? Had you seen that set before?
0: No, and it's round the wrong way because the 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 counters on the left hand side of the screen. Yeah. And the doors on the right hand side. Well, they've
1: also got the big section behind them, haven't they? Where all the records and everything are.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's it's a bit weird because it's like we're still in the, we're still in the era in in the UK where the corner shop, um, Clegg's, is still a I will serve you what you want yeah, from yeah. behind the counter, and you tell me what you want to buy, and I'll I'll get it for you, and ring you up, and everything. But the 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 cabin is is it's still the, is similar in that there's a lot of stuff behind the counter but you can also look at the magazines and things and you can mm. also go around the back and have a cup of tea look at the
1: dirty mags and
0: there's there's a um lending library and things in there which you would never yeah. have in a shop now
1: no um
0: but it was really funny when so the way the situation was who was it that bought it len and ray was involved and it was oh yeah audrey no
1: Ray didn't Ray want Deirdre to That's right. run it?
0: Deirdre and Rita were both in the offing to to be the manageress, and they both got offered the job and the flat above by the the men that they were dating. But then Rita wins out and she gets the flat, and um, Mavis comes and joins her behind behind the the counter but there's a really funny bit where these men who for some reason are buying magazines from what used to be a seemingly DIY shop
1: oh, yeah it was it was a shoe shop or something But then it?
0: but now it's now it's a, now a it's an corner actual shop with um, the uh, news agents but they keep coming in and asking was it Pig, Pig Bre- fancy
1: monthly or something like that?
0: and and um both Rita and Mavis keep se- keep selling them these these, these magazines these and they keep opening magazines. them and going
1: Where's my Where's special the, supplement?
0: the extra bit? And they're like, there is no extra bit. That's what you get. And not getting <laughs> that, that these guys are trying to buy porn without anybody knowing. And, they both, and the, I think the guy, the last guy who comes in, and he realizes he's not getting his extra. He's like, I think I'll just cancel my subscription. Thank you very much. <laughs> that right.
1: was that was funny. I, I am enjoying. I really like the fact scenes.
0: that Mavis and Rita never worked it out, especially Rita, considering how worldly she is.
1: Yeah, she she's great. They she, they really hit the ground running with both those two characters, and I, and and how different Coronation Street could have been had Deirdre been the one that got the cabin. Yeah, I, Deirdre's I, not, a fox. <laughs> I, I've not I'm not going much on Deirdre so far. Fox. I don't think she's quite. Yeah, no, she's
0: good-looking
1: girl. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but she's, she's well, just she, I uh, think she's a dolly, secretary in yeah, the yard. Yeah, but she's a dolly and...
0: bird, isn't she? Like, she was, uh, she, to me, it looks like they hired her for a bit of totty mm. and underestimated how good Anne Kirkbride would be.
1: Yeah, I, th- they would... haven't given her enough to do yet.
0: No, not yet, but... Um...
1: But what, what we had, it has at least, even though I've not been that impressed with Deirdre, it has at least given us the opportunity to meet Blanche for the first time, hasn't it? That oh, was, yeah. when was that, '74, just on one of the recent episodes that we watched? And this was, uh, was Maggie Jones in the role of Blanche. And incredible. It's like, if you put a picture of what everybody thinks of when they think of Blanche, i.e., you know, 2000s Blanche, and then you compare her to how Blanche was in the 70s, it. She, they look so dissimilar don't they
0: i know it's you like you you can
1: you, you wouldn't recognize her if you hadn't been told but to to look at them together it's like oh yeah that is what, in like it's like 50 years apart or 40 or, or however um and obviously old lady blanche is the blanche that everybody loves but i've, re- I've i'm really glad we got to see what she was like I know, back in too. the 70s yeah, as well that. um being what was this she was a corset maker or something yeah, wasn't she right. in that episode and that, that episode that was on the dvd was the first episode that um maggie in. jones's version of blanche was yeah. because of patricia yeah. gertz playing her for a few episodes um, beforehand
0: but she also takes over the Rovers a bit, doesn't she? Oh yeah,
1: she does. And she does that she? really well. Yeah, because currently Deirdre's going out with Billy, isn't she? And um, and Annie's not enjoying the fact that she's having to be. Um, she because it was at Christmas, wasn't there? And Blanche ends up cooking the this amazing Christmas lunch, and, and Annie oh, is well, noses right. put out a joint because nobody was going to have her tea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, no, nobody's good enough for her billy and uh she she doesn't like having blanche there along with her and yeah and blanche offers to look after the rovers when annie goes off somewhere for an episode i can't remember but yeah that that's all great um and speaking of the rovers as well um the 1970s has also seen the reintroduction of bet lynch that's who appeared right. in that one episode in 64 i'm gonna say or there might be a few years out and then was brought back in, um, I don't know whether it was 1970,
0: 1971. It was 1970, when um, Irma, Irma gets to go to the dogs, and then she and uh, Dave Smith go to this weird African themed oh, club. Oh, yeah,
1: African slash Caribbean, N- wasn't it? Yeah, that was weird. And, and Bets there, so they reintroduced the character. Uh, that was another character, um, she, a bit like Rita, who was originally not going to be the same character that. Julie Goodyear had played before, oh. but then they decided, well Might
0: as well.
1: No, because no, I think they, they wanted a character that Irma was gonna bump into, and then when Julie Goodyear got the role, they said, Oh, let's just make it be the person who you played back in the back in the sixties. I'm not I'm not loving Bet at the moment. I don't think she's I, I think as the years have gone on, she's grown into the role more. She's funny. It certainly fun.
0: does seem to me that in the seventies they decided. Somebody sat down and went. We need a bit more totty. and they decided to sex Lucille up and bring in Deirdre and mm. Bet as like the fancy.
1: Yeah, but I I, I don't think that the the character of Bet is really grabbing me. I think I think I end up enjoying Bet more as a landlady than as a barmaid. She
0: still got all the bits that she made her appealing as a landlady. She's she still has. Got a, a good cheeky.
1: Yeah, she she grows into it, and 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 luckily her fashion improves over the course of the few years as well. Because well, that, that awful be brown floral print that 70s. she was wearing at the beginning of the seventies was just hideous. I liked it when she and Lucille dressed up as a go-go I know, dirt I'm just girls. I'm to find
0: that. There was this really bizarre bit where they they would they got rid of. Ali went off to the cinema or something, and they quickly busted out the the, the, the uh, music and got um, Lucille and um, Bet both had matching go-go girl outfits and then they sort of jumped on the bar and danced around and yeah. everybody just sort of sat there with their drinks going, hooray, okay. we're having the best time ever. but We, we, we love go-go dancers. Yeah,
1: but then, then Annie came back early there to...
0: Quickly hide. Yeah,
1: that and was weird. It was
0: really weird because it's like, would you really be that interested in watching a, a lady that you know in real life, like I can understand the fantasy of of like strippers and stuff, but if you know them in real life, it doesn't it get awkward really fast. <laughs> Not that go go girls are strippers, but you know what I mean. It's the same thing of just watching a lady dance. Yeah. it's like it's like holding a baby. Like, after a while, yeah, it it's like there's no bit. there's nothing new is happening. It's still the same. Thing and I'm I'm getting bored now. I'm going.
1: Yeah, i um, speaking of Lucille. She's also left now, hasn't she? Yeah. Because and that and that was a tra- tragic story off screen I as know. well because of the Jennifer actress. Jennifer
0: Moss had a very very troubled time.
1: Yeah, and she ended up getting sacked in yeah. 1974, and that was the last we saw of her. She, but
0: she ended up getting married five times in yeah. her life. She just had a terrible time.
1: I'm I'm so glad that I've now been able to see the evolution of Lucille as a character from this gruffy little oik back in 1960 to a, a fun, nice... She um, was, wasn't she?
0: She was a sort moral. Of fun, Yeah, because she was the one that wanted to teach the kids how to read. Yeah. She stood up for herself. Not, not everyone... People didn't always agree, like, that, that what she said was correct, but she had the courage of her convictions. Yeah,
1: I, I really changed my opinion on Lucille... Over the course of this, I, I thought she was great, and I'm I'm a bit gutted that she's she's left. And she was totally a character before I started watching these old episodes that I I knew nothing about. Anything, she's she you know? she's not like got any you know famous scenes. If you not pick most, if you pick lots of characters true, from yeah. Coronation Street, say, tell me a, fa- a famous Ina scene. Tell me a famous Len scene. Tell me a famous Elsie scene. Tell me a famous Lucille scene. Um, not
0: really. Not got really. Any.
1: And and she's still even looking back now she I, I still wouldn't say she did maybe the go-go go-go scene was was one of them but um yeah she was she was she was great it was lucille I, I i enjoyed her a lot um who else who else was um who else was you know, new or left um Ooh, uh... I, I mean irma that was a tragedy that we lost her wasn't it we we spoke on the patreon episode that we recorded um Recently, about the episode where she pretends to be French, but for those of you that, that haven't watched that, that's that listen. was a classic. Oh, watch listen don't. to that. I'd never. I say watch, but I mean listen. Yeah, so she goes off to a on a date with, I think it was Ray, wasn't it? And um, she ha- he tells this. Businessman that he's having a meeting with, that he's bringing along his French girlfriend, so um, Irma has to pretend to be French, and she puts on quite a convincing yeah, right. French accent, actually, for someone who's got such a thick scouse accent in real life. Um, and then this this guy shows up at the at the restaurant unbeknownst to Ray and uh, Irma, he's brought along his actual French girlfriend who wants to speak with...
0: She's like, oh, can't we just speak in French? It would be so much easier. And Irma's like, oh, no, i, but mean, I don't I practice forget my English. all my English. Oh, my, my English, if I speak in the French, let's, I prefer to speak in the English.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and then they end up having um, uh, a scrap at the end of it or something.
0: Oh, I love Irma.
1: Uh, Irma was so, so good. Um yeah, I, yeah, she left in
0: 1971.
1: She she leaves at the end of 1971 <sighs> and never returns, but I'm so so glad that I got to appreciate her character. Um we also um new, new other new characters. I mean there'd been some I mean Norma Ford is, was just nothing. Don't know. Um oh we we said goodbye to um Maggie haven't we better sister? Maggie's leg. Look, and and, I and still, she came
0: back again. <laughs> she
1: came back again for a bit, but I, th- I think I was going to say the same as a, the, the, the second half of the sixties. I didn't. I didn't dislike her. She was a, a solid enough character, but she just didn't have that that little spark. She didn't have that that something that would make her go down as a right. a classic.
0: I think I think of her the same way that you thought of Val initially, in that she's pleasant enough, but pleasant. A sort of
1: pleasant is right, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And the major the major thing that happened when she left was obviously the Hopkins family came and
1: I've really enjoyed that,
0: and they have taken over the the corner shop because that was Maggie's shop, and she's now moved with her husband to. Like, and yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah and so they came while she was getting married to sort of have a look around, and there's like a, it's like a family of of welsh mm. um, now, people
1: the The Hopkins are notorious for being you know a, a real flash in the pan um in Coronation Street, apart from Trisha, who lasts a little bit longer, apparently, although interestingly Trisha has had pretty much nothing to do in the episodes that we've seen it's been all about. Um, Granny Hopkins really hasn't it yes because, And discovering the truth about um, Gordon Clegg really being Betty's son and not Maggie's son as had been the established canon in the show up to that point and I was really looking forward to seeing those scenes but I felt a bit disappointed that the episodes that they chose to put on the DVD didn't really delve into it enough they no. they had I think it was Granny going into the Rovers and brandishing this birth certificate.
0: Well, I like the way that they kind of, they, they investigated, didn't they? And like, and it was like... um Yeah, they
1: read this birth certificate saying that Gordon and his mother, Elizabeth Preston. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I wonder who this Elizabeth Preston is. So
0: they go and they, they interrogate they thought, Minnie, Minnie Coldwell, don't they? And they yeah. ask her if she recognises the name and she's like, oh, I don't remember. And then she finally says, oh yeah, Betty and...
1: Yeah, and Maggie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and they um, work
0: it out and so the, they... The
1: actual fallout of, of this revelation being made public, we didn't get to see on the DVD because the following episode, it seems to have all sorted itself out. But the, the Hopkins, I, I um, for, for a family that was supposed to be boring and everybody hated them, and they've, I think they've only got a couple of months left on the programme before most of them go, I'm... I'm really enjoying watching, but I don't know whether how much of it is just to do with the fact that I absolutely adore their accents, yeah. the, the Welsh accent. Every time Granny opens her mouth, it's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, but she, I think she was, they they wanted her to be a bit of um, an Ina Sharples-like character, especially considering that 1974 was the year that Vi Carson was off screen so much and they wanted to have another battle axe. And I mean, they're, they're big shoes to fill, aren't they?
0: Oh gosh, yeah.
1: But she, she what she does come across as a bit of a a bit of a bitch, especially how much she enjoyed well she 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 revelled in revealing to Betty publicly I know your secret. But yeah, they they're, they're not as um inconsequential as I'd been led to believe. But you know, I might only see one or two more episodes with them on the nineteen seventy five disc and then that'll be it. I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of them because they've been a family that we've talked about a bit on the podcast um, and Betty's secret about being Gordon's mum but I didn't have any reference point in my head. I think that's what I'm taking away from all these even though characters like Norma Ford and um, Tommy Deakin and Audrey and Dickie Fleming haven't left much of an impression of me at least now when we read about them and talk about them and and whatever will know who they are, yeah yeah, definitely. whereas before they were literally just names on yeah. a page,
0: well, while you've been talking about that, I just i found out some interesting gossip because um the Hopkins family, yeah, they weren't very popular, and I think that's why they got rid of um got rid of them very early in nineteen seventy five so we haven't got very yeah, much longer got long to left, see definitely. them, but um so so met. Granny Hopkins, Megan Hopkins, was played by Jesse Evans. And her daughter, Vera, was played by Kathy Stoff, who went on to be um, Nora Batty in Last of the Summer Wine. Mm. It's a very famous um, character. Um, let me just make sure that I've got that.
1: Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's right. Because that's
0: right. I used to watch the Last of the Summer Wine. No, yeah, I never did. Um, but interestingly... <laughs> Kathy Staff thought that her character Vera would be the replacement for Ina. Oh, yeah. But I I don't know whether she's talking about the actual character or the actress who played Granny Hopkins, but Mm. it looked like she was going to fill that role instead. And then the quote from... um, from Kathy staff is unfortunately it was Jesse Evans that they got to, in to play my mother-in-law, and I was in between her and the rest of the people in the street trying to keep the peace because she did some rather nasty things. Mm. So I think she's talking about the character there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yes, yeah, so she probably she had aspirations to be the next Tina Sharples, I guess, and mm. um, probably she, a bit disappointed when.
1: Yeah, she's not made a whole huge impression. Yeah. On me, but
0: obviously she yeah. went on to find success in last of the summer wine so
1: yeah yeah um who we also got to see the introduction of as as minor characters in these episodes was uh, alec gilroy and this is when the capricorn club opened which yeah and and that was another um massive set that they used that i think was must have only been on screen for like six months or so if that hardly any episodes but he was the um the wheeler dealer slimy yeah charming the cigar um,
0: puffing oh yeah uh, um, ball in charge yeah
1: so that was really funny seeing an, an early version of him and he doesn't become a regular until like the mid 80s uh, but that was quite cool and also um, Ivy and I'm gutted that Ivy have uh, whatever she was, Tilsley. or she, She's got a bit of a weird history has Ivy because she came in and she was supposed to be married to someone and then she comes back later and that person doesn't exist and now she's married to Bert. But anyway, Ivy has been on the scene and she's totally glam, isn't she? Oh, yeah. But we've not seen her very much. She's just in the background in a couple of scenes. She was, she was at somebody's wedding and she was doled up completely unlike the Ivy, you know, the, the strict Catholic... Yeah, scowling Ivy. What
0: happened? Poison to a, Ivy. Something awful. So they obviously had some one idea about
1: this is what they wanted Ivy to be, and then they completely rewrite the character yeah. like later in the seventies or early eighties. I don't know when the transformation happens, but I think there was a story in seventy three seventy four that we didn't get to see on the DVD where she's a lodger with Elsie maybe or or somebody. And I, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't get to see that because we've we've seen what Glam Ivy looks like, but we didn't get to actually. See her perform. Um also we've got to see a few appearances of Liz Dawn. Um of them as No, this is before Vera Duckworth. She she was like a background character in a few scenes, wasn't she? Do you remember that scene where um the donkey was being Dolores the Donkey Dolores the Donkey, and then these two rag and bone men were arguing over it. One was a one was an Irish stereotype, Tommy deacon and one was a Welsh stereotype. Was that dirty dick? And it was they uh, come to the one that you love best, and, yeah. and Liz Dorn was in the crowd cheering this donkey on. But she she had a few scenes. Um, I think also um, Helen. I think Gail's supposed to have been in it so far, but we haven't we haven't seen her. I think the character is established in the show, but not on any of the discs. But also we got to see Jill Summers, who goes on to play Philip, Pier- Philip Pierce, Philip <laughs> Pierce, Phyllis Pierce at the opening of the Capricorn Club, and she's a cleaner. Um, along with Hilda Ogden, isn't she? Mm. And I can't remember what yeah. the character's name was then. And, and we were watching it, and I was going, "I, I think that's I think that's Jill Summers." And I, I had no idea that she was another character on Coronation Street before she goes on to play Phyllis. So that was a that was a nice little moment there for me because I do like a bit of Phyllis.
0: I was going to say i just looking at like looking through the list of of what happens in each episode. I really think that there was a big turning point between. 1972 and 1973 because if you look back at what happened in 70 and 71 it still felt a bit quaint and old school Corey. and then when it it seems to be that when Rita came in and Elsie left it felt like something changed in the show and it became and sort of felt a, a different atmosphere a bit more a bit Mm. Uh, well, that's how I feel. Yeah,
1: well, I wouldn't. Yeah, uh, like
0: this, like the stories that happened in the seventies. You know, we had the Joe Donnelly stuff and and the Gypsy Saga and Irma going to the the bar and things, and um and, and, but then you had the black and white going back to the black and white stuff and Ernest and um Emily's courting and the community center thing and and like um Emily going through her slides, the mini and um and Ina (laughs) oh that was funny
1: yeah wasn't it wasn't it fall
0: asleep and correcting correcting um, Emily and Ina um, Ina correcting her about where everything was and stuff yeah but then it's really when Rita comes in as a a full time character I think it starts to feel markedly different like it it feels like 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 an early version of
1: what Coronation Street goes on to be in in the 80s yeah but
0: you see what I mean hmm. like there was a transition of of like very smooth transition where things got gradually more open and open from the the 60s but then this here in in the early 70s there's definitely a shift Mm. that's how i feel i I think only quaint
1: not not as quaint is a is a good way to describe to describe it yeah yeah it's 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 difficult to put your finger on exactly what it is but they still had a couple of standalone episodes like the pub pentathlon episode where stan
0: oh that was great because everybody wanted stan to be the champion
1: and the alcohol drinking yeah because there were lots of
0: different um lots of different competitions and but i think who was it len and ray bet against him and then got him drunk the night before so that on the day he had a hangover or like alcohol poisoning more to the point Mm. and he couldn't bear the thought of drinking anymore but they managed. He managed to rally because I think it was free beer, wasn't it? And um and yeah, won. And there was also a funny bit because um Ina was playing dominoes and and she wins. And there's a funny quote. Oh, I forgot what it was that I got out of that.
1: Oh yeah, you put it on Twitter, didn't you? I and they remember. all have lovely
0: sandwiches. Yes. I always get jealous when people have sandwiches because I love sandwiches. I'm
1: just kind of skimming the other episodes and thinking anything they're worth talking about. They had that night like, that um in 1972 they had the Christmas 1940s show where they all. It was, it was another one of these episodes where they all go to the community centre and some of them go on the stage and put on a little performance. And this one, the theme was the 1940s. They'll like, have Jack Walker dressed as a soldier and putting, putting on some comedy routine. I think a real... lot
0: of the things would have been apparent as as impressions of yeah. people that we had no reference for.
1: Yeah, e- Emily is Carmen Miranda and she's, looking, that in, is. Yeah, she's looking around for fake bananas but she has to use real ones or and something And she can't balance them because
0: they're too heavy and yeah. they'll fall over.
1: Rita's Marlene dear trick. Annie is Britannia and she goes onto the stage ready to sing and then they cut away from I her. Know. Go, it was weird. Um, we, we had Alf becoming mayor, which was... Meh. I want to go
0: back and just mention um, oh, go on. the... Uh, in the 1970s, the bit when all the women refused to do the men any favours and by that they mean have sex or do the laundry or the cooking and the cleaning and any other chore that he's doing Mm. because they, because, um, they wanted to stop a football bus from driving through the street and so all the men have to make a commune together at Len's house where they all do the chores and kind of like divvy up everything that the women are supposed to do and I just thought that was really funny because it was a really... Um, yeah, stereotypical idea of what what women are expected to do in the house, but unfortunately, I would say not men, not much has changed mm. in what women are expected to do around the house compared to guys. <laughs>
1: um, the bonfire night episode which you watched on YouTube in '73 was quite interesting. That was another issuesy one, wasn't it? And it oh is, yeah. It is, Who was
0: it? Len was so passionately against fireworks. He was a, he was a massive joy. But he was going, oh, I don't like fireworks. They're dangerous. You know, like it was, reminded
1: me of the gypsy. One where the gypsy saga, where some of the characters were on one side and some were on the other side, Annie as well, also doesn't think that fireworks should should exist or people shouldn't be able to put on their own firework party. But well, then people
0: you, still get riled up about yeah, fireworks, yeah, yeah,
1: you do, you're like, yeah, 50 on, years if later. The next,
0: if you're on the next door app every single Thursday. Between the hours of six and ten PM, you can guarantee there will be a thread there about how they hate the fireworks and they should all be illegal.
1: Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the the climax of that episode was when one of the kids um, gets <laughs> blows himself up. Yeah, basically blows himself up when as when a spark from a firework hits a, another box of fireworks or something. Although uh, I, I think that infection. was I think that that was also a, not a particularly spectacular stunt because they had to rely on. The characters describing what had happened. I think. Well, they also than...
0: didn't really have the technology to blow a small child up and make it look convincing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the seventies. You glad that they didn't just say, "Come on, take one for the team," and and actually blow up the actor? They Do didn't remember, have health and safety back in the day.
0: I wonder what terrorizes children now. But when we were kids, it was getting run over by a train or getting electrocuted by a by. Yeah, a, don't go on the tracks. A, a, a track or blowing blowing yourself up with a firework or getting run over because you didn't look both ways <laughs> when you cross the road cross
1: code, yeah um the Mallorca episodes we watched they were quite fun weren't they Some oh yeah that was,
0: that was corrie going that was going on a jolly yeah and that... it used to be they go to a stately home and now they're the whole different country
1: yeah that, that, I, I like the the different the various romances that each of the characters uh, got in those episodes like mavis finds this uh Italian guy, doesn't she? That uh, that she she has a kiss with. Oh, and speaking of um, was he a Spanish guy? It must be a Spanish guy. Because oh, speaking yeah. of that, well, oh, go on. No. Oh, that that then leads into one of the most recent episodes we watched, which included Malcolm Hebden's <laughs> first appearance on Coronation Street as Carlos, the Spanish. I don't know what he was, but um, Spanish man. Spanish man. And, uh, and I I wasn't expecting to see him. I, I didn't know that we would see his appearances on the DVD. So when he pops up in a scene, it was brilliant. Because I always wondered, what what is Malcolm Hebden like as Carlos? Because we all know him as Norris now. And I knew that he was a Spanish character. What was he like? Well, don't give up your... Don't stop your day job, Malcolm. Because you can't do a Spanish accent. I love... It was, I love, it
0: was about It was about the level of... of... Convincing Spanish accent that I can do in which you just kind of like say everything in a weird way and then you expect it to Spanish sounding.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, I don't
0: know, poor.
1: It was really, really poor and weird and <laughs> it's like just, in, just in a just bit, Euro- bit vaguely culturally European. insensitive yes. if such a thing had existed back in 1970. It, it, it reminded me of the, the whole Apu saga. Oh.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I was, I was so glad to see it, but it, that, that was pretty awful. Because that was, that was, um, that that was all with um, Jerry getting um, jealous because oh. he was he went out with Mabus or something, didn't he? Yeah,
0: there was a bit. Yeah, there was a bit of confusion, and they both all ended up at the
1: train, um, station. train station.
0: And um, Jerry was watching like some kind of noir hero with his trench coat and his cigarette in the rain or something, mm. watching them walk off together. I don't know what actually happens to them, but
1: no, nah, it, it was it was all right. Um, what else have we had?
0: Oh, Eddie Yates arrives.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw him on the YouTube. That was quite... I'm looking forward to seeing more he of him. He tries
0: to get off with Bert. And he's yeah. also bought a bunch of candles because he knows his friend is going to...
1: Cut the power. Cut the
0: power so that everybody has so to buy can candles. And um, he's trying to get Bet away from the Rovers before that happens, but she keeps dilly-dathering and then then they're, they're all there when the lights go off. Yeah,
1: that was quite cool. And they have a nice Christmas sing-along at the yeah, end they don't do, know, yeah. with, with somebody on the piano. Yeah, um, You didn't
0: mention in 1973 two quite interesting things happened, I thought. First of all, the women lose, lose a competition or a bet or something and they have to put on a drag show. I think they were hoping the men would have to put on a drag show, but no, it's them. And so um, you have, was it... Um, Bet and, and Betty, Betty. and Laurel and Harder. Yeah. Um,
1: Norma Ford is Ken Dodd.
0: We had um, Danny LaRue. I've forgotten who that was.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that was really funny. I, I did. Was it, it Rita?
1: Was,
0: yeah, maybe.
1: Can't I think, remember. yeah,
0: because Danny LaRue is a, was a crossdresser, so she just went as a woman. Yeah. And everyone yeah, was going, that's right. well, that's not fair. And Rita's just, Rita was that kind of woman back in the day who would use any claws she could to get, get out, out to make herself look better than everybody else
1: yeah um, i i don't like that uh, episode i like that. didn't really and
0: then there was also sponsored charity swim um where oh, they yeah. all had to, to to swim as many lengths as possible and mavis was the the dark horse of the race because she did 18 lengths yeah. didn't she no, and that was, was also the same episode where i've been waiting for and wondering if we would ever get to oh see. my gosh yes <laughs> go on
1: i wasn't expecting it no i, I know it's one when, when, of when, when, um, the Cameraman bumps into Pat Phoenix,
0: And hits her on the head as she's going through the door to the
1: from the snug yeah. to the to the main door. And
0: it's really fa- it's a re- really famous blooper from the show, and she gets to the bar and sort of stands to one side and looks, and she gives them this saucy look like, "You, you hit me on the head. You you mucked up."
1: That was I, I wasn't expecting to see it, and I because I mean there's there's been so many episodes that didn't make the yeah. cut obviously on the DVD and the fact that this one got
0: we got to see we it. We got in to the see wild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it's one of those moments where like seconds before you go Ooh. Ooh, I think this is the bit where such and <laughs> such happens. Yeah. And there's been a few moments like that. There's like, oh, this is this bit. Um, but yeah, that that was great. I
0: absolutely love seeing that because you could see Pat Phoenix's personality just like shine through and how she was a bit similar to, to Elsie and that they were both fiery and you wouldn't want to cross them.
1: And is it a coincidence that not long after that, Pat <laughs> Phoenix leaves the show and <laughs> says that she's not coming back anymore? Fortunately, she does. There's big technical hitches. I we, know. we mentioned them before on the last one, but honestly... <laughs> over 50 percent of the episodes the boom drops into the shot and I'm not I'm not yeah. joking I, I'd say it's more like 75 percent you're more likely to see the boom in an episode than not
0: yeah and we both say boom
1: yeah we have a little we, we have a competition between us to see who can say boom the first <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hilarious just and, the fact that they don't care and I, um I, I, I wonder whether people back in the day minded
0: I don't think they did. just quaint
1: to us isn't it yeah, say so we make it a competition, and the number of lines that are fluffed as I well. Know. They and just they'll leave just
0: leave them in, or like talk over. Say one of the characters will say the line too soon, and then we'll stop, and then wait for the other person to say their line, and then say exactly the same thing that yeah. they already said.
1: Considering Love that it. they had all this rehearsal time, it's a and it, it is compared weird. to these days when that never happens.
0: It is weird because I know they don't do many. I don't think they do many takes now.
1: No, do they? but it felt know. a bit
0: like. You're supposed to make all your mistakes and then do it perfectly whereas now it's like the other way around almost yeah.
1: but I don't know <laughs> but no it was it's really funny the the the, the cheap production values and so Oh,
0: I think that it. Adds all, to it. All,
1: all adds to, to the, the to the charm <laughs> definitely definitely. Ah, so I think that's kind of I think we've reached a, an ending point for our critique of the first half of the 1970s. Okay, I think S- we have
0: something as well.
1: something that started off fairly negative and it it certainly for me isn't living up to the 60s when there were so many episodes it's like ah oh, that's this episode that's this famous that's this famous scene whereas this yeah I'm I'm not getting that but it certainly has had its fantastic moments I just want to mention
0: one more thing that I would do you say fantastic moments when they went to Woburn Abbey in 1973 and like hilda and stan wandering around and hilda just going oh this is the most famous room in the world stan and him going there should be able to sell beer in here oh like, yeah that's for the funny. beer everywhere and there was weird harpsichord music and yeah. and annie just walking around like she owns the place and
1: it did felt like it was a bit of a retread of the town i know Park but i still episode.
0: liked it i thought it was great because did... yeah you had you still had the duke of bradford turn up yeah
1: so the, the other thing that was weird there isn't that where Ina meets an old school friend yeah. from like the nineteen. 19- 1919 or something like yeah, this and, and they don't the make anything of it it's just, just like oh and... I know you I went to school with you yeah, 50 they... years ago and like, how are you doing anyway let's yeah. move on and they
0: were like oh do you know so and so were uh, were maiden name oh yeah I remember her yeah she's now married name oh interesting well I used to know ma- maiden name and I now that... she's married name oh, well, I thought anyway. there
1: may be some revelation about Ina's past that might get revealed there but alas no oh what I did like as well that we haven't mentioned that guy. Handelgar- side that came into a couple of episodes that old guy who seems to be a bit sweet on minnie
0: yeah, and and, um, and then he disappeared. He, he
1: disappeared. I think I think he comes back again. But the, it was sad because I mean I, I'm I'm a sucker for Minnie Coldwell crying, oh. whether it's at weddings or or in this instance because he mentions Martha, doesn't he? He's like, oh, oh who's yeah. that other person that, that used to
0: hang around with?
1: Yeah, and and, and, and uh... Minnie just burst into tears. Oh, bless her. And, and it was so similar on the the Joe Donnelly stuff as well when yeah. when when
0: she was being held hostage with Bobby.
1: Yeah, poor yeah. Poor, oh, poor lovely. Yeah.
0: Lovely, Minnie. I
1: look. I, I. I don't think that Minnie is has been as funny in these episodes as she was in the early ones. But you know, she's getting on a bit now. But I'm. Um, I. I think she's great. I love her.
0: And there wasn't there. No, I. I was just. I thought something else, and I forgot
1: what it was. Don't worry, it's fine. So anyway, that that is it. That is our our opinions on the first half of nineteen uh, seventies Corrie. It's all right, and I'm. I'm really glad that we're i'm I'm filling in the blanks and the uh, yeah knowledge. there are I mean, some
0: really funny, memorable, great dramatic, wonderful scenes and great characters
1: yeah and and pretty much everything that you know there, there's some characters that you can rely on hundred percent to yeah give a fantastic performance like Hilda Ogden for example, yes, um and there's yeah, a
0: reason why they're icons, isn't there
1: yeah yeah totally totally i'm I'm just yeah i'm i'm
0: what?
1: I just, I just really, really love being able to say that I'm watching it, and I'm getting a sense that although we're not seeing everything, yes. and there's there's vast swathes of episodes and stories that we're not getting any exposure to at all. Just the the fact that we're, I'm 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 feeling like I understand Curry's history and the the flow and the pacing of these stories a lot more, and and yeah. knowing what fits where. Because if you were yeah. to have asked me before, oh. when does the when does the serving hatch thing happen? When does when does um, the cabin open and and I wouldn't have an idea really. No, I know. And, and now it, I kind yeah. of can, can fit the timeline in my head
0: Yeah, with uh, lots
1: of bits taken out. For but... me,
0: it's things like, like the, the corner shop, like Dev's now, knowing where that came from and who used to be in there. And I always felt like I kind of didn't have a clue. Mm. but now i i feel like i really have a solid grasp yeah oh that,
1: that was that was maggie he, clegg before yeah, that exactly, or, and yeah. irma before that can i just say that when wow. um i know we said we finished but i i feel like i need to fight for david barlow's corner here but he ends up getting <laughs> killed in uh in in the australian car crash and sadly that episode wasn't on the dvd when they find what out was that, that
0: in this this bit of the show
1: yeah, that was in nineteen seventy, oh, yeah, um, and then and then Irma comes it. back and they don't really mention it. And the next time we see Irma, she's off the, trying
0: to get herself get a her leg over with Dave
1: Smith, isn't she? she? She
0: was, yeah. I mean, she, basically, her entire family was destroyed in one horrible car accident.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't. And seem it would to have been really her.
0: tragic because I think. So when when oh, it the, actually happened.
1: I was going to say there were a few moments. It wasn't as doesn't she go to someone's wedding and she hears wedding music and she gets a bit teary. But. Well,
0: in this it would have been interesting to have watched the episode because I think they find out that there was a car crash and Dave is dead. David Barlow is dead, and then Hilda goes to Australia, and they don't realise that the child has also. The mm, child dies the yeah. next day, so she leaves to go to Australia, and then they find out after that that mm. the, the kids died as well. And I just can't imagine how tragic that would have been on the show. I know, I
1: know. I've I not, wish uh, I wish we could have seen that episode. Unless it that was rubbish. But that that also sure that's where on. Dave Smith, the bookie, gives gives the money to Stan to pay for Hilda's ticket or something, doesn't it? And so and Stan now owes him, and then Irma comes back and she starts dating Dave, which is weird because he's so much older than her, and it all gets a bit.
0: Yeah, and and, and then Stan. Wins five hundred pounds and gets excited, and him and Hilda start waxing lyrical about oh, what they yeah. could do with the money, and then they yeah, remember just that, to that use they it have to pay do back, it back to... their debts. Oh. Yeah,
1: tragic, right? We, we need to stop. stop reading because we're going to find other things we want to talk about. But Evan, I hope you really enjoyed that. I enjoyed discussing it. I was I was was worried at the beginning that we were just going to end up slagging it off, but there was there's an all uh, an awful lot to love I about know. these episodes. We never
0: we never and. Completely uncritical.
1: No. There were were just more in this set where I felt that episode didn't need to be you on You don't it.
0: need to explain it again. But,
1: yeah, lots, lots to I love. I thought,
0: though. really good, really great characters. I love watching the development of Stan and Hilda as iconic duo on the street. Mm. And um, the, the,
1: the early days of some,
0: some introduction characters of like, that
1: go on to be Lance, massive. Rita, Deirdre, Deirdre Mavis. And yeah. watching
0: also them all go off on holiday. I really like that, too. Or the girls' holiday yeah, together. Yeah, that was
1: fun. That was fun right um i hope you enjoyed this everybody if you want to uh, send us some feedback do please let us know if, if you're also watching some of the old episodes um maybe at the same time as us right in tell us what you think did you agree or disagree any any different things stand out to you um we're at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you want to send us an email or you can tweet us uh, at conversationstreet or various other methods i'm sure you I'm sure you can find out um, we're going to be cracking on now with the seventh, second half of the 70s, maybe get a few in this weekend, and um, <laughs> I guess we'll be back. I mean, it's going to be end of June, early July, probably, when we get to talk about uh, that the next. The end of the 70s. Yeah, the end of the 70s, and um, yeah, look forward to that. So until till next time on the podcast, to now. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.